from Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode number 93. Today's episode is brought to you by MailRoute and FreshBooks. I am on location in San Francisco. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure of being joined across this table by Mr. Jason Snell. Jason, it's WWDC week. It is. It's, uh, what is it, uh, an hour and a half? Less than an hour and a half since the keynote finished. Yep. And... This was our next order of business after watching Tim Cook and company present. We're doing what we do. Yep. First out. That's what. That's that's, <laughs> that's the upgrade guarantee. That's how it works. <laughs> Aloha. Uh, so we are. Yeah, as Jason said, we've just seen the the keynote, the WWDC 2016 keynote. Uh, we've seen the four major OS releases and updates for 2016. But we all know what the most important order of business is. Mm. Last episode, we did our WWDC draft, the first annual draft. Indeed. And we have the scores. So I want to thank uh, underscore David Smith for creating an incredible uh, scorecard for us. Um, And basically, me and Jason made a decision earlier this week because we had all of the uh, app store changes Mm -hmm. that were announced shortly after the show went live. They don't count in in the draft because they weren't on stage. So... Our decision is, if it was on stage, it gets counted. The final score was Mike 7, Jason 4. Yes. I am the winner. Yes, I blame it entirely on you getting the first pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. That's how it works. And since they talked about uh, iOS 10, it still gives me hope that perhaps next year... You can go to 11. And Spinal Tap will appear. So, quick quick run through uh, my picks that were correct. OS 10 renamed to macOS. macOS Siri support. Siri API. uh, Apple Music revamp, new Apple Watch home screen, more native watch apps, and the Swift announcements. Jason got 3D Touch Actions, iPad Pro Developer Tools, Apple Watch side button change, and major changes to CarPlay, bringing in at 7.4. I am very happy we did this, and I cannot wait for next year's already. Yeah, I think we're going to have to come up with... Some people did some uh, very impressive things, although I would say perhaps controversial. Um, I saw somebody who created a scoring system based on sort of like... One point, two points, and three points, mm-hmm. depending on the the uh, pr- uh, how prevalent, how prominent in the keynote the items were. And then somebody else today was giving, keeping score and giving us half points, which were like, how does that <laughs> even work? What by what? Just forget about it. It doesn't matter. I, we I we have agreed, we in complete consensus that it is yep. seven to four is the final. There were there were a couple of yours that were a, sort of a question mark, mm-hmm. and that we basically ended up giving it to one of them and not to the other, yep. and and that seemed fine. To yep. I you do. Were, I do. So welcome far ahead just, at that yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, it was. I ran away. It was a runaway uh-huh. victory. Basically, by the time the macOS part was over, <laughs> it was all all said and done. But we do have a bunch to talk about today. We do. So before we start, though, Jason, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because this is something that um, there were a lot of people talking about this yesterday. Going into this this year, we didn't really know anything. There were no big leaks. There was no right. German masterpiece. Right. What did you think about that? I like not knowing things. I think it's great. I like I like not even the things that we know sort of well, like I think we know. Yeah, you like know. the fact that there is going to be a, a new MacBook Pro at uh-huh, some point, uh-huh. perhaps even soon. You know, we didn't know whether it would be in or not today and it was not. And I think that's fine given the density of that keynote um, presentation. Where were they going to put hardware? They, yep. It's just and they already it felt like they were summarizing and omitting huge swaths of information about the new platforms in the future. And I applaud Apple's commitment to the two-hour keynote. They are, 
probably uh, about to start as we're speaking now, uh, their State of the Union, yep. which has a lot more detail. And yep. they know they've always got that in the afternoon to talk to people about. So, so you know, two hours is it. And they had to fill it with the platforms. And they didn't really have any time left over for the hardware. And, and, and uh, if the, even if the hardware was ready... So we'll see it later. I, so anyway, I like the I like the mystery of that and the question of what what are we going to see and and uh, making guesses and not not really knowing. So that was a lot of fun. It's way more fun. It is way more fun to not know anything. So you mentioned the four platforms. That was kind of Tim's big jumping off point today. Four major platforms. We've never had four before. This is where we are at WWDC. So let's run through those platforms. All right. We? So we'll do it in the chronological order of the events. So Apple started off with WatchOS. Huge changes to watchOS. Yeah, this was the big question. We talked about it is after a year and a half, uh, you know, arguably almost almost two years since uh, since announcement, um, a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of Apple Watch users, a lot of time spent using the watch. Mm-hmm. And I think this was the question. Would they stick to their guns or would they say, oh, we got that wrong? And... They they did the latter. They said, "Oh, here are a bunch of things we we well." They didn't say there are a bunch of things we got wrong, but they said, "Look, look at all these better ways to do things now." And <laughs> yeah. the, the highlight of which was, of course, the um, laughter-inducing. Let's see how long it takes to launch an app on WatchOS two. Yeah, and um, and that's really funny because it's like that was not something Apple will never speak about something like that until they've got a solution for it. And so in 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 this context, it was like, oh, I guess they're allowed to talk about how ridiculously slow watchOS apps are now because they've got a, a fix for it in watchOS 3. Yeah, so apparently we're going to see uh, instant app launch. For, and it kind of seemed like it's for recent apps. You know, so there might be some data loading, but it seemed like for the apps that you use frequently, they're going to be updating in the background and they'll be loading almost instantly. Yeah, if at not one instantly. point they mentioned this idea. It seems like if an app is in a uh, complication or in the dock, which is new, which is for your preferred favorite apps, I assume. Although it might be recent based, I'm not sure whether you. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Uh, whether one. you add them or, or not, but if it's in the dock or if it's in a complication, it has access to running in the background and doing a bunch of stuff that allows those things to be a lot less sluggish. Yep. And that seems to be their compromises. If it's just some random app, it's not going to put any resources toward that. But if it's one of your key apps, then you get this extra power devoted to that which is great it's kind of unknown at this point how the home screen is going to look but it kind of seems like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. apple have clearly stated here that basically what you're seeing is notifications your complications to launch applications as well from the complications and then your dock which is effectively glances glances are no more right and it's now the applications that are in your dock which is accessed by hitting what used to be the friends button Mm -hmm. which has now been replaced with the dock button will allow you to scroll through some applications. You can move them. I think you can add them. So I, I think it's a, I, I do seem to remember it's a manual process. You add what you want and you move them around. You can very quickly go into the applications. But what is great, I think is great, the data is being live updated for those. So you can just scroll through them and see what's in those applications, which seems like a really nice way to think about it for, for watch apps because most watch apps are just one screen. Right. So why not show them as like just a set of data? Mm-hmm. No, it makes a lot of sense, and we—I know on on this show had talked about the idea that glances were a good idea 
and the distinction between glances and apps was kind of complicated and strange. Mm-hmm. And so with the with the dock, what you get is apps in something that looks like glances, but is actually the real apps. And the the distinction goes away. I think it's a I think it's a great move. I, I mean, I I can't wait to try out the beta of WatchOS three, even though it's going to be a beta and scary in that way. Yeah, just because the idea that that apps are going to launch faster and that that's just that's great. So here's something that I really like, faster message replies and new ways to reply to messages. Mm -hmm. So one thing that they've done, which I think is fantastic, is removing the amount of steps it takes to reply to a message. A message comes in, you hit reply, then you're given a bunch of options. Now the message comes in and all of the options for replying are right there. So your quick replies, your emoji, I think you can send, I think they had a button for digital touch Mm -hmm. right there, which is a smart way of doing it. Better way to kick off that feature. Especially with how it's going to integrate with iOS, which we'll talk about later on. I think that this is a much better way of doing it and something that they have added, which I really wanted. And I know a lot of people laugh at this. I think it's kind of crazy is the ability to draw on the screen a a response. Mm -hmm. So you can draw out characters and send a response because quite frankly, there are times where you don't want to be speaking into your watch. Exactly. There are times when speech-to-text is not an appropriate response. Mm-hmm. And I had this thought when I was looking at the Google announcement about writing on the screen coming to Android Wear. And I thought, well, that's kind of smart because you've got a touch screen right there. And sometimes, you know, I they also had a keyboard, which I thought was less good. Keyboard was too much on um, Android. But the idea that you can just uh, quickly jot down a, a couple of words and it will translate it into text is... Um, I think that's. I think it's a good feature. So I'm intrigued to see how it will work for me, because I've always had a problem with digital touch, that my drawings are terrible because mm-hmm. I'm left-handed and I wear my watch on my left hand, so I have to draw with my right hand, and it just doesn't seem to work very well for me. So I'm interested to see how will I be writing these characters out, and will they be legible? I've got a solution for you, Mike. I don't want to wear my watch on my other hand. Two watches. Two watches. There we go. Two watches. You have the watch that you use for some things and the watch that you use for other things. And it's perfectly reasonable that I mean, you would have two watches. Multiple iPads, multiple watches. Yeah. And then go multiple phones. Yeah. One for the day. One Left for pocket, the night. right pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New watch faces. It's a constellation of watches. No custom watch faces. No. I, I think that I that guess. is such a back pocket feature for like a later OS. Mm-hmm. There's no point doing it now. You could build an entire OS release around something like and they, that. And they have uh, they have bigger fish to fry. I think that's yes. as much as I would like to see it. And I enjoyed writing about like imagining it and, and talking about it. Um, they've got other issues, right? Like having your apps launch is really important. More important issue. But what they did do is what I hope they would do, more watch faces. So there's a new activity watch face, which looks fantastic. It shows the activity rings right there. They have a Minnie Mouse to match Mickey. Mm. That's great for people that like that. I don't like those watch faces. I don't. They have a numerals one, which is kind of interesting looking. Um, They're allowing for the ability to add more complications to some watch faces. But something that they did, which is... Again, I'll come. Let me come back to that thought in a moment. Something else that they did is allow you to swipe between watch faces now, so you could just swipe on the screen. Mm-hmm. So what I was about to say is, a lot of these announcements, including this one, clearly show people that have used the Apple Watch. So I was thinking about this recently. Why was the Apple Watch so kind of unusable in places? Like if you look at something like the home screen, like nobody can touch those icons easily. I know. And I was thinking, I guess that was an OS designed on a computer, not on a watch. And now they've had it on the watch for a couple of years, or a year, sorry. 
and now they're used to seeing how it actually should be used. Or, or certainly not tested. I'm sure, obviously, that they tested it and built it on hardware and all that, but the initial hardware is probably not the same size as nope. the final and all of that. And, and then, it's locked down to a desk. Right. So then you've got a few months after they announce it where you're, where you're doing it, but at that point you've announced it and shown it and you're just refining it. And it takes, you know, it takes a little bit of time to mm-hmm. have that realization that, oh, no, this, is, this was the wrong approach. We shouldn't do it this way. And it's tough because I think you're right. Uh, initially you're designing for a product that you don't really you have to imagine how people are going to use it and i feel like there was a real push toward right down to that original apple watch launch um demo of apps you just talk about the apps make it as appy as possible you want to see you know we want to take advantage of the popularity of apps yep. as a way to sell this thing yeah, and i think it, out, it went to that home screen mm-hmm. that, that yep. was part of the message was look at all these apps that are here you won't use them and you can't touch them anyway because they're too tiny and you'll t- tap the wrong one but look at how many there are because i think when we all saw that original honeycomb ui I mean, I thought it looked fantastic. Like, the, just the look of it. Sure. You know? It's pretty. All but then, the pretty bubbles. Then we used it. Mm. Um, we have some new apps, Reminders and Find My Friends. They were clearly missing before. Clear. Yeah. Very much like uh, sort of on the original iPhone. Why they were, they're, so like, why is this not here? And then here they are. Reminders. Uh, yeah, that, that needed to be there. There were hacks to get. You could, like, make reminders with Siri, but you couldn't see your reminders mm-hmm. on your, on your uh, watch. So that was bad. Which and, led to a great... Uh, keynote moment uh, from the lady who was presenting when she checked off present talk, present at WWDC. WWDC. Yeah, I thought was that great. was really great. Um, fitness as well. So yeah. a great feature here, I think, activity sharing. So it's the gamification of the fitness, which is something I think that the Apple Watch has been missing so far, competing against your friends and family to see who's had the most active day. This is a great thing. Like people that use Fitbits love this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a really great thing to have. You're able to click in and actually see someone's rings. You can see all of their stuff and um, like all of their steps. And even third-party data as well can load into that screen, which I think is fantastic. And then they uh, they spent a bunch of time talking about some of the things they're doing for wheelchair users, which was such an Apple thing yeah. to do. Um, because whilst it's obviously very important to be inclusive for people, you know, if you can, you could count all of the wheelchair users, I suppose, that use the Apple Watch, and it probably wouldn't be a very large number. But they've obviously spent an incredible amount of resources to make this stuff work for wheelchair users. They, you know, they changed the stand from time to roll, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. They have optimizations and workouts specifically built for wheelchair users. Different ways that the Apple Watch can count movement based on the way that somebody will use their arms to to like to move themselves to turn the wheels. I thought all of this was just fantastic and it was such an Apple thing to do because it was like a, we believe this is something that should be done. So we're going to do this even though it probably won't move the needle on sales. Well, it fits into their message along with things like the research kit and and care kit and things like that. And, And the idea that this is a fitness watch and a, but it's also a health product mm-hmm. it, it it fits all of those it does all of the, all of those stories so but it, I, I was kind of just sitting there like mouth agape i was like mm-hmm. this is just fantastic stuff um we had the breathe app this is something that i've been hoping for actually mm-hmm. not this exact thing but something i found quite peculiar so adina has an apple watch and she does pilates and there's no workout for pilates they have no breathing apps 
like like workout, you know, in in the, in the workout mm-hmm. app. But now it looks like they're bringing this stuff in to the Apple Watch. So they're doing breathing exercises and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to trying this out. Something to kind of help you relax. It seems like it could be a nice feature. I've never done deep breathing mm-hmm. of any kind, but I'm willing to give this one a go. It could be a nice little feature. Um, and again, it ties into the whole like making your life better type right. stuff. Yep. So hi, we're from California. Hi. Take yeah, a breath. Exactly. Take a breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to feel like a whole new watch was Kevin Lynch's closing line on this. Yeah, I hope so. Me too. I'm dubious about instant launching. I've got to say, I am because we're up to WatchOS three now, and it has you know WatchOS two didn't fix it. Uh, I'm dubious about it. I'm in, and I really, really hope they have been able to succeed on this because it will make the product more attractive. Well, he did say seven times that particular app was launching seven times faster. So I like that idea that, you know, maybe if that app took 14 seconds to launch, now it takes two seconds to launch. It's not necessarily instant, but still that's the difference between using the app and giving up in disgust, right? Um, Should we take a break? Sure, why not? Yeah, let's thank FreshBooks for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, I love FreshBooks. They are helping support the show, but they also make my life easier because FreshBooks is all about helping small business owners save time and avoid stress that comes in running businesses. And a lot of that stress is very frequently around money and invoicing and payments. FreshBooks makes this stuff super, super simple. They make it so easy to just create an invoice. You can go into FreshBooks. You can have one set up in 30 seconds and sent out to your clients they give you tons of ways to get paid you can get paid by paypal card you can integrate with other services other payment methods you can put payment information for being paid by checks by being paid by ach transfer you can put all of this on your invoices this is why freshworks customers get paid five days faster you can keep track of who's seen your invoices and who hasn't so you'll know if you need to chase someone or not it's super super simple I was using FreshBooks the other day. I had a a client who was looking for a statement of their account. So they wanted to see everything that was outstanding so they could clear their balance with us. And I thought to myself, right, okay, time to open numbers and start adding up a bunch of figures. But I went into FreshBooks and there was a button that said statement of account. I clicked it. It gave me everything. And it said, would you like to email this to to your client? I was like, yes, I really would, FreshBooks. Thank you for saving me another half an hour. I just live in this. I know Stephen does too. It helps our business run better and I think it will help yours as well. They have great support, tons of integrations, expense tracking, the whole shebang. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to listeners of this show with no credit card required. Go claim your 30 days of unrestricted use by going to freshbooks.com upgrade and please enter upgrade in the how you heard about us section so FreshBooks knows that you came to them from this show. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their continued support of Upgrade and Relay FM. I do like it when we record in person, Jason. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. It is. Uh, it's I, different, though. I, I was saying before we started to our engineer, Stephen Hackett. He was sitting right here. Hi, Stephen. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we both held our microphones out, so that was Stephen in stereo. Um, I was saying to him that I, I feel like I need to put headphones in and turn away from you just mm-hmm. to get the full upgrade <laughs> feeling. But instead... Oh, and see, Stephen can laugh at our jokes now that he, he's been revealed to, to be here. I do feel like, though, Upgrade is the show I've recorded most frequently in person. That could be. I mean, we, we, were, we did one in Portland. We did this last year in San Francisco. In Ireland, in London. Yeah, We've done in a Ireland, world tour with yeah. this show We have. Already. We have. 
Next stop, I don't know where, but it's got a Canada. It's good. No, it's good. It's always fun to do these in person. I think you get you get the you can tell when somebody else has thought of something and has mm-hmm. another idea and wants to jump in. It's just yeah, it's a lot of fun. TVOS. TVOS. It's an operating system for your television. Before I forget, <laughs> Eddie Q was a disaster today. Was he? He was stumbling and fumbling. He made some mistakes. That's that's for sure. So did the guy, the the, the fitness guy, had a lockup during the Apple Watch presentation where he had to actually repeat his line to remember yeah. what his next line I was. Felt like for, a kid I felt for him, but it was play. his first time. You know, yeah. Q's been doing this for a while, and there were a few things in TVOS and later in iOS. I didn't stepped, understand what he was well, telling me. Well, he stepped me. on the features a couple of times where he was supposed to do this. You, right now it does A, but now it'll do A and then B. And instead he was like, right now it does A and B. Uh, and, and now B. it'll do B. Um, yeah. And he, in one of my favorite uh, keynote fumbles of all time, when he was trying to show off the Siri search, yeah. and he skipped forward a slide yeah. to show that it's... It's not searching, which we know. It's not searching yeah, anything. It's it should, just the next it slide. Should result. Although that was a very Mike at the Movies slide, wasn't it? High oh, School Movies from the 80s? Yeah, it I was. I was impressed we've seen most of those. We have. We, we haven't done one of those in a while. But Ed, Eddie, um, and somebody in the chat room is saying that Eddie didn't, at least he didn't dance. Not true. I don't know if it came through on the uh, on the live stream or not, but when the uh, when the Apple Music demo was done and she was playing the music and, and saying goodbye and throwing it back to Eddie, um, uh, he came out and he was dancing a little so anyway, at TVOS, you know, um, it was it, it's it's new. They they announced a bunch of partnerships. That's a, that's actually a big deal for them uh, with more live TV stuff. That I'm intrigued by the idea that they now have this live TV feature. If you're some somebody who's got services that offer live TV, you can now basically use the Siri remote to say turn to this station essentially, and it will launch the right app and get you to the stream that's showing that station. And I I did like that because I've been in those cases where I'm like, is this on the ESPN Go app or is this on the Fox Sports Now app or the Fox Soccer app, or and now it'll just be um, you know you can just use Siri and and it's mapping those apps to the channels that they that they offer. So I thought that was clever. There's some other Siri stuff. Um, I think the big feature here, other than dark mode, which Joe Steele we got a full credit. He called I think he called that one um, and some of these others. Single sign on I think is really good. They didn't go into a lot of detail about it, but the idea there and this may also require some support by the providers in question, but I like the idea that I can put in my cable credentials and I, I don't have to keep doing it every time I launch another app that yeah, this, I can This put all it goes in. over my head because we just don't, yeah, we I don't know. have this scenario. I know, but right? I have like, I have access to all these apps that mm-hmm. is through my cable subscription. So they're like, they're so, okay with streaming as long as you're paying for your TV. And so right. this way, theoretically, I will be able to put in my, my cable information once. And then when I download a new app that requires proof that I am a cable subscriber, it will be able to give them that proof and I won't have to worry about it. That's good. So they said this is the live tune-in stuff as well, right? Where they'll be able to launch applications which are the live channels. And they said that this right. would also be on uh, on iOS as well, on the iPad. Yeah, that's right. So you should be able to tell you know Siri on, um, on iOS to tune to ESPN and it should be able to do it. This sounds pretty cool. I think they they, do, they didn't announce, and it would be nice a uh, rever- an inverse of that feature for people like you, which is I'm I do not have a cable login and make all the things that require it go away. Yes, please. But Wouldn't that be nice? Hmm. Should, should move straight on. Uh, t- there wasn't. They didn't really spend a lot of time on TVOS to be honest, and 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 a lot of the things that they did were just enhancements. Like, oh, series better. Yeah, you know. 
We have yeah. more channels. It's fine. They added a bunch of developer stuff. So Apple Watch developers, or I mean, Apple TV developers can get stuff like uh, on the gaming side, the, they, they've got the you know, ability to live stream gameplay and save video, yep, which, which is great for people who are all those Apple TV gamers that Serious don't exist. Apple TV streamers. Yep. Sure. Mac OS. Or Mac OS. What do you, what do you mean Mac OS? Don't you mean OS ten, Mike? Oh, but no. Oh, but no. <laughs> Here we are. Mac OS. Jason. Okay. So... What I've been agitating for this for a while now. What, what do you think? I mean, you were—you've been saying this for a long time. I was ahead Jason of the curve was right. on this one. But what do you think about the the way it's formatted? Like, you know, are you in the capital M camp? Well, I typed Mac OS, uh, all one word, lowercase m, and it just, you know, it auto-corrected it. I assume they'll change the auto-correct uh, <laughs> dictionary very soon to not do this, but it auto-corrected to capital Mac OS. I think once you've joined Mac and OS together, all bets are off. So if you yeah. want to lowercase it too, fine, whatever. It, there was we'll no get way used they could it. um, the, the idea of uppercase... No, it's parallel. It, because That's why it yeah. exists, is to be parallel with otherwise, iOS, TVOS, and watchOS. Yeah, so otherwise it has to just be keep way. it as OS X. I, I was more interested in the fact that they didn't number it and then... And they did keep with the California place names uh, marketing. That's what I said term. last week, right? Mm-hmm. Like no number. Uh, mm-hmm. Sierra. Sierra. It's generic. Uh, I was disappointed. I think it's a nice name, and it's a name everybody can pronounce, and it is a California place name. It's not nice to spell, though. Um, well, you've, if I you be- don't know I it. I before E. You know, if it's, then double R. It's, it's just a, yeah. it's a tricky one. It's an yeah. awkward one. All right. But it's, it's, and it's almost like they're zooming out. There was Yosemite, and then there was, well, no, then they, I guess they zoomed into El Capitan. But Yosemite's in the Sierra, Sierra Nevada Mountains, the Sierra. So, oh, okay. So they've, they've sort of like backed out of there now. But it's, it's our mountain range in I California. I love a mountain. And so, um, it, and it is a, it is a range, the, the, the high Sierras, the Sierra Nevada Mountains. It's not a, a, a place like a specific place mm-hmm. it's uh so it's an interesting choice but i think it's a good name um it's it's less weird than some of the other names it's better than mavericks and it is and and uh el capitan el capitan so uh okay so mac os sierra uh, it's a little weird to say that though right and not mac os 10 sierra it's mac os sierra yeah i like it though i yeah i think it's fine i think we'll get used to it very quickly i really like it um, so they broke down a few a few features here. Some are actually, I think, pretty interesting. So we've got continuity, auto unlock via the Apple Watch. Now this is an interesting one. Um, yeah, because they it doesn't need to be the Apple Watch. You know, like I know that one of the reasons that they can do the auto unlock stuff is because if it's on your body, right, it's unlocked, right, and if it's right. on your body, it means that it's on you. And there's some proximity things going mm-hmm. on there. But I, I think it's very interesting that they chose because what they could also could have done, I don't know if they are doing this and show it on stage, is unlocking by Touch ID. Right, they, and they might since they they're going to do that for Apple Pay. But I think it's a nice way to sell more watches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's another Apple Watch feature, which is great. Um, universal clipboard. Sherlock time for a bunch of uh, third-party apps. Yeah, but they were never going to be able to do it like you could do it if you're in the system, right? now. There was now always buttons you had to press. Mm-hmm. This looks amazing. Yeah, like, anybody who's using an iOS device as a Mac it is... And iOS or to iOS, you know? Yeah, that's true too, right? Yeah. 
I'm I'm excited about about all of that kind of stuff. The iCloud Drive feature is fascinating to me because oh, I we were, I don't get this yet because we what it seems like is they've created Dropbox. It, it, well, they have created Dropbox, and somebody <laughs> said, "Oh, well, you know, um, I think Paul Kafasis in our in our little talk show chat that we were doing said, you know, that's an, that's enough of a, a feature set to make somebody like Dropbox feel a little bit nervous. But the thing is, only if it's implemented well, and the devil's always in the details. And let's be honest, iCloud Drive is one of those places where the details haven't really been there. So, but it's interesting, the idea that, um, you know, it, it will sync your desktop. I put my podcast pro- projects on the desktop, so that's Uh-oh. like eight terabytes of, well, it's not, but it's large files on the desktop Mine that, go on that the I'm desktop concerned so about. They don't go into Dropbox, right? <laughs> that's yeah. why they're there. Yeah, so, I, but it's an interesting idea, sync your desktop, uh, in addition to other document folders, uh, make it available on other Macs, make it avail- available on your iPhones. I think more interesting than that is that this idea of essentially unlimited storage or at least optimized storage. It depends on how much iCloud storage you buy. Yep. But the idea that, especially since we have SSDs on our devices and they don't have a lot of storage space, that it will you know, basically take those files and have them be on the in the cloud and not... And they'll delete them off your drive, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a tricky thing and can lead to some very problematic experiences for users if it's a file they want and they get in an airplane and they don't have it anymore, something like that. But it's also an interesting approach to, yep. to, to save you from having you know a, a full hard drive. Yep. As someone, though, who is currently using a mobile hotspot yeah. on their iMac. I don't like the idea of iCloud also uploading all my files. So I, I will not be turning that feature on yeah, for the time being because I can't have Dropbox and iCloud uploading everything all right. the time. Uh, but it this Dropbox should never have had to exist. Right, right. Th- those features could entirely have been implemented by the platform owners. Yeah. And it got there first, which uh-huh. is not surprising. That often happens. And it, what I think was surprising is that it's taken Apple this long to get to to get to this point, but I trust Dropbox more. I trust Dropbox more. I, I but it's because I, they've been doing it for mm-hmm. longer, right? They they they've worked out a lot of the kinks that I'm sure Apple's about to bump into. Yeah, and and they've they've added features that, um, you know, easy sharing features and and uh, upload features and things like that. That are, is Apple really going to have that here? What I don't about- know. Companies like CrashPlan and Backblaze, is this a thing that maybe they should be a little concerned about? Because, I mean, we focus on Dropbox, but Apple is effectively saying they're backing up as well here, right? They're taking everything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, it depends on what they do. They, they uh, I mean, a backup is not a, it's not the same no. as a backup. No. But it could be something that makes people less concerned about it. I I had a thought when they showed like how much storage they were saving and they included in there like how many how many gigabytes of backups you had. I thought, well, it would be very interesting if some of your time machine backup data also got put in iCloud uh, and you saved it on your hard drive. That would be that would be weird, but um, that would be sort of like having an online backup. Yeah. I don't know. Some of this optimized storage stuff makes me a little uncomfortable as well. Yeah, well, it's certainly a, a concept that that is it's very is, new, and yeah. it's and it's you know okay, you're going to just automatically delete files for me and put them in the cloud. Like I don't know how I feel about this. Like for example, I didn't know that on my iPhone I had the toggle for optimized for storage space. Ah, uh, and when I was on the plane, I was looking for some photos to show Federico. <laughs> 
and they were all in really low resolution yeah. taken like three weeks ago. Yeah. My phone's got tons of space. Like I don't know what it's doing, but I was in a scenario in which I couldn't get to my files, but right. I believe they were there. Now, that could then start happening to my keynote presentation. Exactly, and that's, my... that's the risk you take with yeah. stuff like this. Because look, they're, they're supposed to be doing smart things, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it, there could be a case where you... You There's know, only you need so much file. the computer knows. Exactly. You know, they don't I, know I, the context. It might everything. have been my six month anniversary of filling out that document, right? Like I do it every six mm-hmm. months, but when I need it, like I really need it, but now I can't get to it. Yeah. So this is this is clearly where we should be going, mm-hmm. especially because we're generating more data with smaller hard drives. Because yes. SD, just before we came here, I had uh, my iMac and my MacBook Pro giving me full disk errors. Both of them were doing it. Wow. Um, so I had to do it, start doing some selective sync stuff on Dropbox. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I cannot wait for Dropbox Infinite. That's yeah. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. I'm going to let iCloud take another couple of years and I'll come back mm. to this. Um, Apple Pay on the web. Fantastic. Right? Sure. I'm all for it. Authenticate with Touch ID on your phone or tapping a button on your watch. <clears throat> or the Touch ID that will be coming to the Mac, right? Like, the whole time, I'm like, okay, right, right. <laughs> okay. And also, like, you know, with the Siri stuff as well, the Siri button that will be on the MacBook mm-hmm. Pros, right, eventually. I was yeah, I was unclear on, that was one of the things that I was really unclear on that they did not go into any detail about, is they showed that you can click on the dock. But Craig to, was in full screen apps and bringing up Siri. Right. What was he pressing? He was pressing a hotkey, Clearly, yeah, which you can set up, you know, today on the Mac, yep. uh, you can set up a hotkey. Um, and I expect that was it will be one of doing. the function buttons, like on the keyboards currently, will just become the Siri key. It just obviously won't have the Siri painted on it until yeah, they could release be. Sierra. I mean, yeah, or it's the you know, double tap to do like to do dictation, mm-hmm. um, double tap the function key or the command key, yeah, or something maybe like you that. hold the shift it, key. but the, it's a but hey, Siri's there, that's good. So it's doing some of the stuff that we hoped it would, right, on OS X, like getting your files for you. Craig was showing some sophisticated queries, like give me the files from Ken last week that are still in draft mode. I want to see how that kind of stuff works. I don't know if people actually ask or need those things, but like I guess if you do, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can drag Siri file results into documents, which are cool. Like he was creating a keynote, and he was like, can you find me this image? And then drags it from the search results. Siri had a slightly different sounding voice. Oh, did she? Yeah, she. it sounded a little bit more lifelike to me. Mm, a little upgrade. Yeah, it was like as soon as I heard it, I was like, ooh, something's mm. new here. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to... Wasn't, it wasn't Siri 2.0, was it? Let's no, it wasn't. Let's be honest about this. Like, and Siri keeps popping up, and there's a bunch of Siri stuff throughout iOS as well, but this whole, like, do you just wait to WWDC? Siri's going to blow your mind. That didn't happen. No, they're putting it everywhere, and I, I guess I guess they don't have to have it at WWDC because it's a web service, and sure. they can keep on having it be better over time. Um, and so, perhaps they will. But that that was not what we got. What we got was more Siri everywhere, um, and that's fine. And Siri on the Mac, great. It it it's that's great because it, it was everywhere else. Yeah, it, it, it was. You know, it was crazy that it wasn't there. Uh, but a couple of th- features before we round off mm-hmm. uh, macOS. 
Can you explain this tabs thing to me? It went completely over yeah, my head. It, it looks like apps can be put in a mode where instead of generating windows, they just generate tabs within a single window. It's a single window mode. That was what I said. I turned to Dan Morin during the keynote at that point. I said, do I don't like it. But some people love tabs. Some people want, you know, I'm the kind of person who turns the feature off in Photoshop where it wants to open all the images mm-hmm. in tabs. And I, I, I click that off because I, I want my windows, every image to be in its own window but some people love you know browser tabs this was the argument right people love browser tabs so they did finder tabs people love finder tabs so now they're going to tab it all tab the world tab, tab, tab everything tab, tab. everything is in a tab and every tab is in a thing and that's just how it's going to be and so fair enough that's that's I, I that's one of those features that i find um not particularly interesting because i don't want all of my apps to store all of my things in tabs but for some people it really is a big feature it was it was one of the things in the keynote. I was like, I don't understand what just happened. Like, what? Like, who who's doing this? I don't know. I'm picture in picture. Yeah, uh, that was good. Although I was a little disappointed. It looks like it's it's very much the iOS picture in picture yeah. where you can drag it to the corners. And there are times when I was kind of hoping on the Mac you could just sort of drag on it on the twenty seven inch iMac. Just let me put that thing wherever, wherever I want. I've exactly. got so much screen space; it's not getting in the way of anything. Yeah. So I, I'm, and maybe it, maybe there's a way to to take it out of snapping to the corners and and doing that. But as and you might think, well, that's kind of a dumb feature. Uh, you can just watch video on the Mac, and what does it matter? But the fact is that having video I will often have video going and I have mm-hmm. to like shrink the window and I have to move it into a corner and I have to try to move everything else around it so it doesn't cover it and so having a having the video be floating on top is a really great feature and on full, on top of full screen apps as well sure I think that's really cool um, I know I'll be using that for taking notes of events in the future I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that yeah all right shall we take our second break and then move into iOS uh, that's, uh, yeah, I think so. I yeah. think we're, I think we're there. Yeah, let's do it. Jason, would you like to thank MailRoute for this episode? I would, I would. Um, this episode of Upgrade, as so many are, brought to you by MailRoute. You know, uh, IT departments are always expected to do more with less. It's just a fact of life in 2016, including important stuff like stopping spam and virus attacks. End-of-life announcements have happened for a lot of trusted and uh, hardware and software options. Um, you may have seen issues with the future of Postini and MX Logic, for mm-hmm. example. But MailRoute, you can trust to do the job well and stick around. And that is because this is what MailRoute does. MailRoute's team is focused exclusively on email protection since 1997. That's a lifetime ago. That is, they are coming up on 20 years of just focusing on email protection That's to a lot people of email. at MailRoute. That's an awful lot of email. Um, so you should give them a try. They can protect your email and your server hardware against spam viruses and other attacks. You don't have to install any hardware or software to use MailRoute. It all lives in the cloud. If you own your own domain, that's all you need. You point your MX records at the MailRoute server, and it does the work. It filters out the bad stuff, refuses messages from bad actors, and then takes the good stuff and passes it on to your server. So your server load, load goes down, and the amount of spam and viruses that get transmitted into your server falls to almost nothing, perhaps nothing entirely. They have a very easy interface full of administrative tools. They have an API. It's all designed to make your life spam-free. You know what, uh, Mike? They they support LDAP and Active Directory. They support TLS, Outbound Relay, and... Mailbagging! Mailbagging. 
we high five <laughs> everything you'd want from the people handling your mail right now MailRoute is offering price matching for McAfee and MX Logic customers try it today a free 30 day trial of MailRoute by going to MailRoute.net slash upgrade and you can get 10% off for the lifetime of your account with mail route not just 30 days or 60 days or 90 days but forever what a great discount or send an email to sales at mailroute.net they've been doing it forever they do it better than anyone else mailroute.net slash upgrade thank you mailroute for sponsoring this show thank you so much mailroute okay let's move into ios 10 features of 10 is what we have here Yes, the there was a little one, theme. 10, 10, and 10, 10 of 10. 10. First one, very peculiarly named. It was called User Experience. What it was actually was the lock screen and the home screen. And 3D touch yeah. all over the place. A lot yeah. of 3D touch. This, was, this is a good example of finding ways to use 3D touch. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that there aren't equivalents, right? To, mm-hmm. Like for if you're on a device that doesn't do 3D touch to tap and hold or to, you know, tap, tap and swipe or things like that. There may be other things, but the way yep. they demo it is you do 3D touch, you can pop these things up. You have the ability to do all sorts of interactions in these notifications. Um, also, the ability that it detects when you sort of raise your phone. Yeah, and because it w- touch ID so fast. And it wakes it up so that you don't have that touch ID issue. So that was really smart, too. They're all like they're kind of floating bubbles over the wall. Wallpaper is the design that they've gone with mm-hmm. for, for it, which I, I think is really nice. And you can get the you can get those details when you kick off something with 3D touch, including sort of animations and yep. other information from. It's not just uh, plain old notification. The apps are basically able to do stuff from the lock screen. So if you have a calendar event, you can pop it open, take a look at your availability for the day. If you get a message, you can pop it open. You can reply. You can see video. They've also changed some of the other stuff uh, on the lock screen. You can swipe to the right now for the camera. And you can swipe to the left. What was on the left? Widgets. Widgets. And they called them widgets as well. Yeah, but it's like the stuff that lives in notification Notification center. center stuff. Which also pop up in the 3D touch actions now on the home screen, which right. I thought was really cool. Right. And that seems to be maybe the same interaction that that you get to embed something as a notification yep. center widget and to embed it as a 3D touchable thing in the notification screen on the lock screen. Those seem yeah. to be the same so thing. So it's giving you, a, it's like it's like going back to the Apple Watch, right? With the dock, it's giving you a peek into applications without needing to open them. Right. I think that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. That feels like a really good use of 3D touch. I've, I can see. I agree that this is the like next evolution of what they attempted to do here rather than just some shortcuts. We're really putting a lot of stuff into here. I am very intrigued to see how this stuff carries over to devices that don't have 3D touch, like yeah. the iPad line. Yeah, and the iPhone SE. <laughs> yeah, what happens there, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the greatest feature in all features, 3D touch on notification center to clear all notifications. Ah. The best. That's that's a that's a good. Very one. happy that's a, about that's that. Fixing one. an annoyance there. Yep. And the the um, multi-page concept that you've got sort of your camera on one side and notification center on the other side, uh, but also that in the con- in the uh, control center, the same thing. You end up being able to swipe to get um, to the music to get to the audio controls. Um, it's yeah. There's multiple no, pages in Control Center now. No too. visible customization of not, Control Center. Not so Center, far that we could see. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, uh, that one seemed it seemed like they were going that way. I right? know. 3D touch, 3D touch, 3D touch, and Control Center. Moving on. <laughs> like yeah, it they, was. It felt like it was building to it, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Siri API opening up to developers. This has rolled out exactly the way that I expected it would, which was limited 
types of applications can take advantage of a Siri API. And they listed them as messaging, ride booking, photo search, workouts, payments, and VoIP calls. Yes. This seems like the exact right way to build the Siri API. Create a bunch of interactions that build into the system and build out from there. This is what I did with multitasking. Yeah. This makes so much sense to me. I know it will upset some developers, but I think if they tried to go too wide, I don't think it would work. So I'm interested to see how this comes out. It seemed a bit clunky in areas, like even in the demos, you know, saying I would like to send a WeChat message to X. You know, I think maybe for some people, just saying what the word message means, you know, like a little bit of Siri training, like send a message to X and then Siri says, how do you like to send messages? Oh, in Telegram. I'll remember that for later. Thank you. And they say uh, also that he said he said it's um, there's an intense API, which I laughed at because it's like it's a very intense API. It's, it's, it's an API, <laughs> but they mean intense I N T E N T S. The uh-huh. idea that um, <laughs> that uh, you can you don't have to come up with the phrasing. Mm-hmm. You say here is what this does, and then Siri can listen and and understand from a bunch of different contexts what you want to do and then and then move that along and they seem to be saying there hey developers you don't have to do any of this work of trying to understand what people are saying we're going to do all of that you just need to write to the api saying here are the services that i offer and if that's the case is it any wonder that they have a limit of the the ones that they're going to hit first and it looks like it was kind of built into with extensions as well they kind of mentioned extensions a bunch of times, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a theme, I would say, of this entire iOS presentation mm-hmm. is it's actually, I think, great for developers on that level because they're really opening the doors and saying you hit access yes. to all sorts of things now. Siri API mm-hmm. is one of them, but there are many others that were in this yeah. demo. They they said you can be in maps and you can be in messages. And I mean, there's just all of these different places where developers can now go through extensions, essentially. And on the lock screen, your yep. app can run on the lock screen it essentially as a widget. Like they seem like they're opening up the first party applications to be tinkered with by third parties, you know. And the maps one, which we'll get to in a minute, is I think one of the bigger examples of that. I agree. But we have QuickType, more intelligent suggestions for QuickType. They're trying to use Siri information to try and interpret what people are talking about. Yeah, this um, is the another example where where you see that Apple sort of wants Siri to be the brand for its intelligent assistant in all contexts, even when there's no, voice. there's no voice. But at other times, confusingly, they seem to kind of conflate everything that happens with voice to Siri. Yep. And I think they just want to have it both ways at this point, which is, which is fine. I, I think it's fine. Um, there's some of the stuff that can happen now in the quick type bar. So apparently, if somebody has asked you, oh, do you have John's email? They will give you some suggestions of who they think John is, and you can just paste their email address mm-hmm. in. Uh, it can help you make appointments, check availability. Your current, uh, You can send your current location if somebody asks, where are you? These seem like great features, sure. but QuickType seemed like a really great feature when it, you know, with, the, yeah. with the intelligent yeah, suggestions it when it first came out. If it, it works, fantastic. And But then they gave the real Federico Vitici feature here, multilingual typing. I was right. watching Federico yesterday trying to type in English. And he was like, what? He was like trying to write something out and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. He was like, what is happening here? I can type better than this. He had the Italian keyboard on. He didn't know. Uh, so he has to switch between Italian and English keyboards constantly. Multilingual typing is a fantastic feature that will help a lot of people. Yeah. 
So I think that's great mm-hmm. because you know my girlfriend doesn't have autocorrect because she doesn't have it, never had it turned on because she types in Romanian and English and doesn't want to switch keyboard. Right. So she'll be able to now have autocorrect turned on because she'll be able to type in two different languages. That's great. It's great. Photos now. This was this was big too. This was actually a a a, a platform wide, mm-hmm. an Apple wide announcement, but it was tucked into the iOS announcement here. Very Google Photos like. Yeah, very much so, but with the Apple spin that they are doing all of this stuff on device because mm. that's part of the deal with Apple is that, that your stuff is your own and it's not uh, sitting unencrypted up on a, an Apple server where, where Apple can see it. Uh-huh. So this has always been the challenge. Uh, you've been able to do analyzing faces on the Mac in photos, in iPhoto, right, for a while. And uh, you couldn't do it on iOS because the they weren't powerful enough or whatever. Well, here it is. They have they have done and they used all the buzzwords. They said it's you know deep learning, advanced computer vision, uh, advanced search, facial recognition. They 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 used all the buzzwords mm-hmm. to say that now your iPhone will analyze your photo library on device and find the faces and find objects and scenes and do 11 billion computations per photo. So good luck. Your battery has just died. Yeah. Um, but that from that and use advanced artificial intelligence to cluster together your photos. So the, the, the difference is that um, when Google does this, they do it in the cloud. And when Apple does it, they got to do it in, on the device. They got to do it in the OS. And they can I maybe save metadata, but, but they're doing the processing uh, on the devices. I can't, I can't get my head around it how it can be done on the on the Th- device. Those devices are pretty powerful these days. Yeah, I, I don't understand enough of this stuff, right? Yeah. But it, uh, there's just something about it that sounds to me as like, surely it would be better if you're able to share this data, right? Like the way that Google does, and they can kind of collate it together and learn more. Like, where is Apple's AI learning from? What's it, how, how, what is it learning what is a horse? If it's, you know, all of the pictures that it believes a horse is not communicating with each other. Where is that data coming from? I don't understand it. Like yeah. Google's data is built by the photos that they have uploaded to their service. And over time, they're able to build from that to create the information. Where is Apple's information? I don't know. That's what I can't understand. Like you're doing 11 billion computations, but what is it matching against? I, d- I don't get it. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. How um, does it know what a mountain is? I, you know, it, maybe it's dif- differential privacy. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, I, I don't. Speaking of it. things I don't understand, yeah, I don't happen in the keynote. <laughs> all of this stuff is it like it sounds great, right? Like so, how does it work? Face recognition, object recognition, <laughs> scene recognition, powerful searching, people, places, and topics built into something called memories, where apparently they're trying to link together who they believe people are, the places that you've been to, the things that it thinks happening, let's say birthdays or something, and trying to put these into like a new view in the application, which will allow you to look at memories. It creates slideshows. All of this stuff looks fantastic. Right. But I, right now, I'm just dubious that they can pull it off like Google can. Because that's what they have to do. Because Google Photos is seriously impressive stuff. But it's not perfect. Right, and there's a lot. Of, a lot of time, it will get things wrong. I mean, it gets a lot right, but it will get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets it wrong with all of that data at the disposal, with these incredibly powerful network of cloud computers which are crunching through these files. I'm, I'm very keen to see how this plays out, but I've got to say, I don't have a lot of hope in it. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see. Um, I'm a doubter on this one. We'll see. It's it's. Uh I think what Apple 
is trying to do is prove that you don't need to be Google to have these features. Um, in their presentations, they're doing a good job of that. But Well, yeah, let's see reality. Right? Yeah, because, you know, I, as somebody who is not as concerned with this stuff, it concerns me to see Apple doubling down when I personally believe they can't do it without the cloud data. That That's my personal belief. And, and I want to be proven wrong, but that's just what I think. I think Google's able yeah. to do it because Google has all the data at their disposal. And I think Apple's doubling down on this data never leaves. Well, I get your, I get your point that if, um, if the only mountains that, well, obviously they've got a, I think they've got seed data and who knows where they're getting that, where they're getting the data from all sorts of different images. Maybe it's the web and they're training them. And then those algorithms are then applied to your photos. But that's a little different than what Google's able to do, where it's looking at all the photos in its own library and using it. But it's not that uh, an approach that does not use, you know, use its own services data is necessarily gonna gonna fail. It's um, it's interesting that they're trying this, right? Because this is their this is their thing, and they are very specifically refuting Google's claim that this is what you need. You got we have to have this stuff because otherwise you can't do it. And Apple's saying, yeah, we can do it. So we'll see if they can do it. I think it's a ballsy move, at least, mm. because they're basically saying, yeah, we can do all that stuff that Google does. So. Yeah, and it comes up, this just was mentioned in the chat room, and I was thinking it too. You mentioned not having photos on your device. Like, okay, so if I don't have iCloud Photo Library on my iPhone, how does, th- how does this work? Because, right, if I have it, if I have it uh, not, I don't have the whole library on there. Well, it can't analyze those photos, right? Or is it, you know, downloading them in the background and then analyzing them and then deleting them is again? Is it saving metadata to if the it cloud? Holds the, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's saving the metadata to the cloud. Faces does that now. Faces on the Mac will save the f- names of the faces in the photo to the cloud. It's just it, not analyzing it on the other devices. But uh, how do you do that if you're, uh, you know, if my phone the, isn't download, if my phone isn't downloading images from ten years ago, how can it find them? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and how does that work? And is it the, just that any device needs to touch it, and it does the processing, and then it puts the tags on on it in iCloud, and then iCloud finds them? It could be. That could be it. Um, I'll wait and see. Uh, maps. We have an all-new design for maps. It looks looks fine. Um, a lot of the stuff, like the turn-by-turn stuff, looks great, but it doesn't really mean much to me. Uh, we have proactive suggestions. So, like, Google does a really good job of this, understanding when you're going to be in a certain place, uh, looking at your recent search history and suggesting things that you might want to be directed to. So it looks like Apple's going to be starting building that stuff into Maps. Um, it looks like quite good search. So you can search restaurants, and then you can be then you will suggest a bunch of restaurant types that are in the area. So you can narrow stuff down by just tapping some icons. Uh, but the big thing here, I think, about Maps is the opening up to developers. So they showed a, an example where now with new Maps integration with developers, you could find a restaurant, book the table on Open Table. And then order an Uber, pay for all of it in Apple Pay, and you never left Maps. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean that's a very specific. I mean, what else are you going to do with Maps, though, right? Like, it is <laughs> booking tables and ordering cars, and maybe paying for transport, like maybe paying for a bus or something. Like, you know, there aren't going to be many things that could tie into Maps. But as someone who 
does these this type of thing like i find a restaurant and then i want to book a table at the restaurant and go to the restaurant like i do that like when i'm somewhere like here like in san francisco we're deciding to go out for dinner i will do those three things in different applications i will look in uh foursquare for a place i will open up google maps to find how how far away it is and then i'll open up uber to order an uber doing all of that in one place i like that i think that'd be cool it's just a, it's one of the cases of just bringing the apps together to make this stuff easier. Uh, but I'm probably not going to switch away from Google Maps because the point of interest data in where I frequent in London ah. is just not as good. And I want to know when things are around. And, and Apple Maps just doesn't seem to give me the information in the same way. Well, I, you know, this is one of those funny things where you're also talking about these new, these new map features. On one level, you want to applaud the new map features because it's good that they're adding them. Yep. On another level, I look at some of the new map features, uh, some of the driving directions features, points of interest on the on the way, being able to say it's going to be five minutes to this gas station, two minutes to this gas station. Great, great. Those those totally should be there. That said, those features existed in third party GPS apps that I downloaded like four or five years ago. Because something like Waze, which is yeah. Well, Navigon incredible. had those yep. and back five years ago when I was using that, where you literally just download a, an app with all the maps in it instead of just using a streaming map from a, from the platform mm-hmm. owner or from Google. Um, and so, yay! But at the same time, you know this these are these are not new features. It's I, I think it would be just as fair to say why didn't any of these features exist in maps before but it's good that they're there yeah. and it's good that they mentioned this is one of the places they mentioned carplay which is good because um some You've of my complaints about carplay right mm-hmm. where like hey you know let me use let me use siri more in the car and uh be more useful for things like navigation which is like the most important thing that you're going to have in the car so uh, you know that was all good, but at the same time, yeah, I also had that other moment of of that I've seen this all before. Uh, it just wasn't Apple; just didn't do it. Then we had a feeling of dread. Craig handed over to Eddie Q to talk about music. Mm-hmm. There was a feeling what was going to happen. Eddie did some preamble and then handed over uh, to a lady, and I'm going to try my best here. Uh, Bazoma St. John, I think so, something like that. I thought she was fantastic. She did the music presentations that should have been done because do you know what she was doing? She was singing and dancing and talking about you know talking about music the like the way that she likes it and she had a bunch of attitude. She did what Eddie Q attempted to do, and from my perspective, watching it, it worked, and I enjoyed all of it. I thought she was fantastic. You were there. How did it come across in the room? Yeah, she's um. She brought a lot of energy, which was great. Um, there was a, you know, it was a, uh, I think it depends on how you read the, the humor because she was, she was trying to get enthusiasm out of developers for, you know, for music. Um, I would, I read it as intentionally trying to get something out of a group that she knew she wasn't going to get anything out of. And that, that was funny because of that, but you can, you know, you can take it either way, but it was, it was, she was walking the walk in terms of showing enthusiasm about and love of music and how music affects her life and her every, her mood and how she, you know, goes to work in the morning and things like that. And I think that is good because that's, that's, that's a way to get across why something like Apple music is important. I love their attitude. 
like it's fresh and different for an mm-hmm. Apple presentation. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's for sure too. Not to have a yeah. you know Eddie Q. Yep. <laughs> right. She was not Eddie Q. <laughs> yep. Um, we had news as well. Apparently, there was an all new design to music. It looked exactly the same, just there was a new coat of paint on it. Everything was still there. Yeah, it looked like that and Apple News was the same way. I guess this big, bold, blocky, all caps fonts at the tops of screens is there is a new design. It basically, just looked like for, for both music and news, things were just moved around. It didn't look like a ground up redesign, like they were saying. I mean, they I need some, to see They did it. move some stuff around. So I stuff's the, been moved around, but it's not like a fundamental rethink like the watch. No, I think the big. I think one of the big things they did was this idea that you've got your music and you've got the music that's on this device mm-hmm. being explicitly there. That's good to go back Please, to your yep. your statement about um, being on a plane and being surprised that something's not <laughs> on your phone. Yep. There's nothing worse than being on a plane thinking you've got some music to listen to and you find out you don't have any that was saved to the device. So there's there's some good there. But yeah, it did not seem like a real rethink. It was no. more like you said, a new coat of paint. Built-in lyrics is great. Absolutely. Um, Apple News, all new design. You can subscribe to newspaper and magazines now and breaking news notifications. I have nothing to say. I'd never use this application. I'm never yeah, going to. Yeah, I guess I'll have to look at it again because they made changes to it, but it's just not um, 60 million monthly users in news, they say. I'm really? not sure if that's good, actually, for a, built-in, for a built-in Apple app. I'm not sure that's great, but um, how many monthly users does Apple have? Like, they have 15 million paying Apple Music subscribers. Right. 60 million Apple News readers. Doesn't seem that many when you compare that. These are people willing to give Apple money for a service. This is like a built-in news application. And I guess when you swipe to Spotlight, does it still open in news to some of the stories? Yes, I think so. Yeah, so, you know, it's built into the... Anyway, yeah, I don't think that there's enough going on there. Anyway, they're, they're still pushing it. So, there it is. HomeKit. Talked about HomeKit. Seems like it was the same presentation I've seen a couple of times. Yeah, the big thing there is that they created the Home app and they've also put it into uh, Control Center. You swipe past the music controls and you've got home controls. And that's fun. You know, great. One of the problems with HomeKit was that it was invisible. That there were things that used HomeKit and you could use Siri for it, but there wasn't HomeKit Central. There wasn't the place you could go. And so it was... Invisible. It was just, you know, you could use third-party apps for whatever devices, and you could use Siri, but now now they're integrating it. And I think that's good just for people to see, oh, here's all my stuff. If you've got HomeKit-compatible stuff, that is. Yeah, that, I think that's the problem. They're mm-hmm. saying that more devices are coming. We'll have to guess, wait and see. Yeah, well, I mean, the first time they announced HomeKit, a year went by and nothing, nothing shipped. Yep. So, so they're doing better we'll now, but yeah. Uh, phone, there is a voicemail transcription beta, so it will give you the text transcriptions of your voicemail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's better than the Google Voice transcriptions, because <laughs> those were always terrible. And a VoIP API. So incoming calls from services, like, they, I think they use Slack and Skype and Cisco, will look like regular calls. They can be in contacts. You can choose to call someone. It's a part of me that's like, hmm, is there anything else in there that maybe we can use? Is there anything hiding in the VoIP API? Probably not. No, I don't think so either. But like it's that, you know, maybe maybe it's finally what we need as podcasters to record on iOS, but Yeah, maybe. 
maybe. I think it's more likely. I mean, I like this idea that if you use Skype or whatever else, that it can be a phone call now instead of a push notification. It yep. will be treated like a phone call, like a peer with the phone app, essentially. I, and it'll show up in recents and all that. All that is good. Um, I do think as a, an aside for podcasters, at this point, I would bet you that the most likely scenario where podcasters are going to be able to use iOS is that uh, the WebKit project will support WebRTC and those all those websites that will uh, that will let you record podcasts through a web app will start to work with Safari, including on iOS. Okay. That's that right now. That's my my guess. We'll see. Unless there's something tucked into iOS 10, that may be our first hope because supposedly they're working on that. But the big feature messages. Messages is the big feature of iOS 10, it turns out. I don't huh. think this is a bad move. I, I mean, if you don't use messages or another chat service, more to the point, perhaps, you may be baffled about why this is there. But some of the most popular apps in the world are chat apps. Yes. And Apple is borrowing liberally from all of them. All of them, yeah. It's like there's like from Line and from WeChat. Snapchat. And, and from Snapchat. Facebook. Yeah, sure. And and they they want in on this. They don't want to lose. They don't want to make it that um, Messages is this dowdy app in the corner that Apple gives you that you immediately replace with something that is cool that everybody's on. And and the the things that have proven to be very uh, popular with with people on these services are things like effects and yep. emoji yep. and uh, animations and uh, stickers. These are all things that you can you can scoff and say, oh, those are really dumb. But you know that sure, whatever you can believe what you like. But they are popular. These yes. are all popular features. Yes. Apple is not Apple is not making. I didn't react with this like I reacted with some of the original Apple Watch features, where I like are they really think that 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 people are going to use the digital touch feature or something like that. These are proven. These are almost like table stakes in messaging today, mm-hmm. all of these features. And Apple was very serious with messages before and kind of way behind. Now, whether this will convince anybody to catch up or if it's just going to make those of us who are still so uncool that we mostly use messages feel cool when we're really still uncool, I don't know. You're always cool. Um, mm. So let's run through some of this stuff. Like Unconnected, I think I was talking about how what I really wanted from messages for it was it to become aware of the internet. And, and like so because previously you send a link to someone nothing happened we now have rich links we have things like stickers that are coming in this is all stuff that's happening in other chat apps right big emoji i love big emoji when you just send an emoji and it goes and it just becomes a big emoji i love all of the apps that do that seriously i think it's fantastic yeah. well emoji big emoji is a big thing i, I was yeah. really happy to see that because emoji art is so detailed yeah. and at the default sizes it's actually even hard to see what all the details are so make them bigger and Apple is uh, going to be suggesting emoji as you type, which is good. I'm currently using Gboard. It came out in the UK. Mm-hmm. I've actually switched to it as my default keyboard. A bit of follow-up from last yes. week. Yes. I didn't know you could remove the Apple default keyboard. keyboard, but turns out you can. Yeah. And I have. So I'm using Gboard completely It's right like a now. feature request that was heard retroactively. It was yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. Um, and then they have a feature that I really think is excellent for people to learn the use of emoji. Right. Which is the emoji... Uh, Suggestions. Yeah. So basically, you can write out a message, and when you hit the emoji button, you get a bunch of words highlighted in yellow that you can then tap 
and choose an emoji to represent that word instead. Mm-hmm. So they use basketball, for example, and they could change it to a basketball. But there was like a love and you can choose from a bunch of different, different hearts, hearts and faces with the, with the heart eyes what and all of that What a fantastic feature this is. I, th- I thought that was great. I thought that was really fun. Mm-hmm. What a, 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 an interesting way to use emoji. Yeah, I and, I'm, something like and I'm that. fully on board the emoji train and people. Yep. some people roll their eyes at emoji now. But, you know, my mom sends me emoji. So does mine. I, mean, I have, I have every, no time for people that judge emoji I know there you go so we're not gonna even talk about them anymore I'm turning my back on them Uh, so it's great I like to see that I what I didn't see is an improvement to Apple's emoji keyboard because one of the problems with it is I want to be able to search for a particular thing and yeah I mean I guess I could type a thing and then have it suggest but it's like if I want to pick a flag I want to be able to like have it yeah, find a flag for me or whatever but but still a lot of fun to to have the the not only the kind of replacement emoji when you toggle to the emoji keyboard, but that even in the uh, little smart bar, it will uh, suggest emoji for you. Yep. Then we have bubble effects, which uh, reminded yeah. me of Google's whisper and shout thing from Allo a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but we have animations, so you can make the bubbles big, you can make them small. They have an invisible ink feature but where it's you basically can wipe like it away. A tr- it's like a transition where they yeah. where they kind of pop in mm-hmm. in various ways and animate, and then end up being the bubble that you which expect. I, I thought all of these look really yeah. fun. I actually and, thought that was way better than Google's approach, which is I'm going to make my text smaller, big, yeah, I, change the font. It's, well, this is the difference, the the old school Apple Google difference, right? Yeah. Like Apple do it with a bunch of crazy polish and, and they make animations right. go mad. And Google says, hey, we can put a slider there for font size. Yeah. But, I mean, I still like the, the Aloe one and now I think Apple's one looks more intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. You can have full screen effects and animations. Yeah, the... the like fireworks go off when you the, send a message. Your friends can really annoy you by sending those things, I'm but it'll be drive funny. People crazy. I, you know, Mike. I was sitting there thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to use that, except that I will use it to annoy Mike when Mike annoys me with it, <laughs> and Stephen too. Yeah, both everyone. You, you, you are my. You are sort of my t- top digital touchers mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So if it's an, if it's a wacky feature from Apple, I'll be getting it from you, gentlemen. Yes. So I look forward to the confetti messages. Um, to come. There's a kind of pseudo emoji reactions type thing where you know, someone can send you a message and you can like like it or heart it or something like that. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's again trying to get across, you know, communication modes that don't work when you're not in the Handwritten room with the messages. Mm-hmm. Feature built for me, I think. Little inky kind I of things. I can just draw all my messages. I won't send my messages by texting anymore. I'll just write them all. No, it's, it's adorable. Why not? Yeah. Uh, and then digital touch finally yeah. comes to the iPhone. Yeah. Oh, at last. I know. <laughs> uh, so you'll be able to, and it looks like it's gone a step further. You can draw on images yeah. and, and, and all that sort there, of there stuff. There were also a lot of, I mean, there were a lot of gestures like, you know, just double tap on this and you can send this thing and you yeah. just swipe up here and all it of that. It looks complex, but does, Snapchat is impossible to, under, to understand and that's very popular. I know. Um, they have things like listening to music in line and stuff like that. But the big thing I think here is they've opened it to developers. They like rush through this, but it's going to be an app store. It's going to be an iMessage app store. Yeah. But they were just like, yeah, it'll be an iMessage app store. And then you did, it was like they were just jumping yeah, through. Yeah, you build your apps and stick them in and stick them in iMessage. Stickers. They'll be able to do payment stuff. to right. Square Cash. You'll be able to book tables, order food. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of stuff in here. 
I'm excited to see yeah. where this goes. Messages is like a platform now. It's becoming big, and I'm cool. I think this is great. I, I like messages, what and I'm looking forward to. People use phones for this is one of the top things people use phones for, if not the top thing yep. at this point. You know, and apps so like Line. There's going to be. I mean, I can predict it now because we just came out of the keynote, but there will be people who will do the like the emoji judges. They will do a tut tut saying, "Oh, this is a frivolous feature. It's frivolous in in general." Uh, to even do anything with messages and it's frivolous all of the features are frivolous in particular and those people are missing the fact that this is again the most popular thing people do with their phones it's the most popular services that are apps that people download for their phones this is what phones are for for Mm -hmm. a lot of people is messaging not calling people anymore looking things up on the internet but my daughter spends most of her time messaging that's what she uses her phone for. And Apple's base messaging product was boring. It was like it was a dumb messaging service. Yeah. It didn't do anything. No, it was, it was just text just, messages. Yeah. It was SMS. It, yeah. it remained SMS for far too long. Yeah. Even even through the iMessage protocol, yeah. it was still built on the back of that. Now it is. We are way past that. <laughs> uh, it, it reminds me of Notes, right? So many of us scoffed at Notes, me included. But right. now it's one of my favorite applications. Speaking of which. Oh, yeah. So collaborative Notes apparently is a thing. What is this going to look like? I think you're going to be asked to take action. Uh, you think so? <laughs> you think it's going to be like, I'll make an edit, then everything I don't stops. Know. You make an edit, everything stops. I don't know. It's an interesting idea to collaborate with other people inside your Notes. If it would be live in a magical world where they can make it live. We would be doing our show preparation in Apple Notes. Probably. Right? Because I use it to collect information for the sure. shows and then transfer them to other applications. Right. But Can we- irrespective of it, even if it is a take action type scenario, I think it could be really great still. Like, you know, like Evernote collaboration was good. You know, you it, there were conflicts and stuff, but it was just the idea of two people can put things into a note. I think that's it. mm-hmm. it's, it's needed. Uh, I wanted to do a, a shout out for uh, the conversation view in mail because that's one of the reasons that I have tried to use other apps other than mail is that they won't, it doesn't do a conversation view where I can scroll through and see the entire conversation like I can in Gmail. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they've finally are. That's a, that's a finally. Live photo editing <laughs> and Apple said about stabilization, yeah. which could be great. That Google app is so incredible. The, the Google app is fantastic. Um, and I hope Apple are doing this with live photos. And that's what they're doing, yeah. They, I hope they're, so. They're doing, they, they said they're going to do image stabilization and then also editing of live photos. I actually heard from somebody, you know, sort of through the grapevine that, that um, Apple people were frustrated because they know they were working on this feature and then Google kind of preempted them mm-hmm. um and then split view safari on the ipad yeah it's kind of the only ipad announcement that we'll we get got. to this in a minute we have an ask upgrade question about it but that's in there that's a wanted feature that i some i use two web browsers sometimes yeah. i mean i use chrome anyway so like i'll pull up safari to do some stuff uh and then the last big announcement uh swift playgrounds on the ipad yeah yeah, this, this is, is big. This, a lot of people talking about this, that it was unlikely to get Xcode on the iPad. Step one. But the first step is to get something on the iPad that is code-related and app-building related. And Swift Playgrounds was a, what a lot of people thought might be the answer. And, and here, here it is. I, like many people, said, this is Logo. A little bit. You know, it reminded me, because I used to do, I remember doing the Logo stuff as a kid. I am going to give this a go. I'm going to give it a go. It looks like it's, you know, it's built for people who don't know how to code, mainly children, but I have a children's level of code knowledge. Yeah. None. 
So uh, I was excited about I'm it. Go, I'm going to give it a go. It looks like fun. It looks like it's built really well. It looked beautiful. Yeah. You know, you can drag and drop code around. I, you know, the ATP guys will do a better job of explaining this yes. than we will. But I think that it's great. It's going into public beta next month. Right. It's going to be in, I think they're going to put it in the public beta of iOS yep. uh, 10 and then they'll make it available as a downloadable, free downloadable app. I thought that fall. was so funny when he was like, and we're going to make it free. Like who is expecting to pay for this? Yeah, that was weird. That was, that was a little bit, they just wanted to make the point of like, we're doing this out of the goodness of our hearts yeah. uh, to uh, make, because people should learn to code. And I thought that was a little strange because it's also like you're seeding your programming language yep. to a new generation of people. I That's think this is great. This is step one. This is the beginning of the maturity right. of the iPad as a platform. Uh, speaking of which, should we do some ask upgrade? Let's do it. This is our uh, this is our spur of the moment post keynote ask upgrade. <laughs> lasers. Thank you, Stephen Hackett demands. And Ryan, he, asks, he, he shoots his lasers like a six gun. I like, know. hey pa- partner, watch <laughs> out for my lasers. <laughs> and then Ryan asked, uh, there was nothing about the iPad here. There yeah. were no iPad specific features shown in this keynote. We haven't seen what the beta looks like yet. There might be some stuff that we there were looking be. for. Like the, the, uh, the multitasking view might have changed. Like things yeah. that were External like in keyboard autocorrect might yeah. actually be in there. Cause there who might knows? be little bits and bobs that it's we possible. haven't seen yet. But yes, there was nothing iPad specific shown on stage. I've seen a couple. Other than, of, other than Playgrounds and the split yeah. view in Safari. That was but that it. Was, that, Playgrounds is an app. Right. right, like you know, there was like the, what we saw last year was the fundamentals of iPad changing. Somebody mentioned to me on Twitter about this, and I, and I wonder what you think. Is this like a TikTok? Because last year mm. was all iPad. All the good features were on the iPad, not the iPhone. This year, all the big well, features seem to be iPhone first. I sure hope not. Um, I think it's still possible that there are going to be iPad features that roll in later. I think we're going to see 10.1, 10.2, 10.3 for and this I think, stuff. And I think maybe that's the way to do it is as much as I want them now because I'm an iPad user, maybe that's the way to do it is you, you, it's not quite TikTok because it's not like 10 is iPhone and 11 is iPad. It's more like 10.0 is iPhone because we need to get that out, right? If you're Apple, we need to get this out. It needs to ship with the new phones that are going to ship in the fall. In a few months time. And we'll get, we'll get it out. And there aren't new, perhaps not, maybe there are, but probably there aren't new iPhones sh- or iPads shipping in, in September, September, right? So you do that. Along with the watch and the phone, exactly. right? And you defer and your Macs probably ex- as right, well. Right, so you defer all your um, iPad features to later. A- and have them be in 10.1. I've got to say, as someone November, who uses the iPad pretty much full-time, right, for the majority uh-huh. of my work, I am miffed but not upset. Because all of the things that I wanted for the iPad were things that would be great to have. There was nothing that I needed because I something is stopping me right now, you know? No, I think, um, and it was such a packed keynote that maybe uh, they just didn't have time for it. But the one thing that I sort of wished I had seen was them, if, if they do indeed have big plans for iPad things, but it's not going to be in 10.0, but it's not going to be a wait until 11 scenario. I kind of almost wanted them to say that. That would have been nice if they had said. Uh, yeah, I agree. And and these are, you know, not only do we have a bunch of great iPad features in, in iOS 10.0, but there's a whole bunch of other features that because are going to be coming later this year. they out the iPad at the start yeah. as being so important. It's one of their But uh, then did keys. nothing right. throughout that focused on it. It was like everything was like, Oh, and this is on the iPad as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's the question. I'm not disappointed 
uh, or maybe I'm a little disappointed now, but I'm not too worried about it. My concern is, yeah, I want I want there to be another shoe to drop here. And if if they're truly just sort of like, yeah, we did our thing for the iPad. Now we're we're forget it. Nothing new until eleven. Mm-hmm. Then I will be upset. I'll be sad. Uh, another Ryan asked, how do you imagine the auto unlock feature to work on Macs with multiple user accounts? I imagine that it's going to be locked to uh, to the Apple, an ID, Apple ID, right? That of, seems yeah. of an account, and it will unlock for that account. And do you reckon that part of this is Touch ID as well for the Max? I don't know. I mean, they they didn't show it, but they, then they showed Touch ID working for Apple Pay, which means on that, the iPhone, um, right? So so. First off, it makes me wonder if you'll be able to unlock it from an iPhone if you don't have an Apple Watch, because why would you be able to do Apple Pay but not to unlock? Um, seems a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. And then second is that, yeah, could you do Touch ID? Um, yeah. David asked, what is the Apple file system? <laughs> so here's the story. Ding. Um, I imagine, speaking of things ATP will talk about, there is a session at WWDC, not included in the keynote at all, but there's a session at WWDC that is basically announcing the new Apple file system. And uh, it's going to be available as an option uh, for external non-boot devices in, uh, Sierra. in Sierra and then rolling out in 2017 as a real thing. So Apple, the new Apple file system is real and it's going to happen <laughs> And John Syracuse is going to lose his mind, and we need more details. But it's not something that's going to impact anybody for a year, which is, you know what, is the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah. Let people have it for a year and work out all the issues, because the last thing you want to do is have a brand new file system on your computer when they discover a horrible thing that destroys everything, all your data. Ryan asked if there was any word on changing default browser on mail apps. Nothing about that specifically, but on that note, there will be the ability in iOS 10 to remove Apple sock applications from your device and then re-download them from the store. Right. So you will be able to remove the mail app. You'll be able to remove the tips app. You won't have to hide them in a junk folder anymore. And then we'll, the, the next step, and I, I saw something in the chat room about this from a, a Stephen Hackett uh, that uh, read, like, you can remove the mail app and then the mail to links don't work anymore. So there's a, there is a question of, like, what happens if you, if you remove a stock app? First off, does it really go away? And second, you know, do, are you, can the system handle that? In a, and, and I'm sure that these are all issues that will be worked out by the well, time yeah. it ships. Considering but. the system maker is letting you do this, the system should be able to handle it, right? Like, if the, if, oh, if, oh, you can remove it, but then mail links don't work anymore. Well, then what was the point in removing it, right? Like, right. all you're doing is cutting your nose off to spite your face. Like, there's no benefit to you there rather than just keeping it in a folder if when you start removing things, it breaks things. So I'd be interested to see what the implementation ends up being on that. Um, Rajiv is disappointed that no dark mode was announced for iOS. So am I. Oh. It was announced for tvOS. I want it on my iOS mm. too, please. That made me sad. I thought we were pretty much in a sure thing for that. Um, but no, nothing. And Edgar asked Jason finally today, what did we have for lunch? Oh, this was a great question. So I went to Specialties, which is a uh, sandwich chain here in the Bay Area, and I got a... Uh, I, they make a, a sandwich called the peanut butter and stuff. 
Oh, and it's wow. got peanut butter, banana, and cranberry sauce. Oh, man. So it's basically a peanut butter and jelly and banana mm-hmm. sandwich. And then I had the, their oatmeal wheat germ chocolate chip cookie. But you got me one, too. I did. My lunch sucked. <laughs> uh, we watched uh, the keynote at Twitter's office, which I've done before, which is fantastic. They put on a nice spread of breakfast food. But we went to a place next door called Market, and I grabbed a turkey sub, and it basically was just all bread. It wasn't very tasty. Mm. Um, it was subpar. <laughs> it was sub. It was subpar. Mm. And I'm probably going to have to get uh, another lunch. And because of that joke, we have to end the episode. Yeah. So that was WWDC. That um, was it. It's later over. On Go home today. Uh, we're going to be a part of RelayCon WWDC. Yeah. If you want to check that out, go subscribe to the connected feed at relay.fm/connected. We have a big show planned. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. We'll be talking more about all this stuff with a great bunch of guests. Jason, you'll be involved. Yes. Uh, our engineer, Mr. Stephen Hackett, will be involved. Mm-hmm. We've got a we've got a whole big night planned in front of a live studio audience. So make sure you go and check that out. And that'll be in the connected feed. That will be so. in the connected feed. So go to relay.fm slash connected and you'll be able to subscribe and you will get our RelayCon WWDC episode if you want to find our show notes for this episode of upgrade head on over to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 93 um, i hope that you all enjoy the many pieces of information that will come out over the next few days i am wondering you know this is normal for us how much information we could know if we were reading twitter right now i know right immediately after the keynote all this stuff just starts to leak out but this is what we do for you is we immediately our first goal is to record a podcast afterwards so that's what we did (laughs) as you say upgrade first out yep if you want to find jason's work go to sixcolors.com um he is at jsnell on twitter j-s-n-e-l-l if you would like to follow the first winner of the uh upgrade wwdc draft you can go to at imike i-m-y-k-e on twitter because that's where i am because i won jason yep i am the champion for one whole year i get first pick next time well i i still don't think my first pick uh considering it was Ruined. seven it, to four it threw I think, everything off ah okay. it just uh, it, i was unbalanced from that yep. on you yep. got the first pick in every round so you you were ahead of me the whole time that's I my story I'm sticking to it. Hmm. For someone who likes drafts, that seems like a really... In- anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to FreshBooks and Mailroute for their support. And we'll be back next time. And I will be in England. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. I'll still be right here. Goodbye. Goodbye.